BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. everybody welcome into tom Curran's patriots talk podcast it is the aftermath the patriots phil perry moved to five and four as they speed into their bye with a 26 to 3 win over sam ellinger and the colts um a 23 point win in the national football league's not easy to come by but I'll tell you this might have been about the easiest 23 point win i ever did see I don't know if it's Sam Ellinger and and just his Texas background that has you speaking that way right now, but I would uh, tend to tend to agree with you. Uh, well, let me 20... be candid. I'd say Matt Jones looked more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs at different junctures in this game. Still, they escape a win. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Phil. So my question to you then, Tom, is: Do you look at this game and say? Hey, it's a winning football team, winning record, 23-point win. Is this a good team, in your opinion, right now? Well, Mike and I had this conversation, Holly, on the postgame. Bill Parcells, hatched pithy cliche, you are what your record says you are, and people have affixed that to every single situation. Are the Patriots good? Are they, by definition, a team sniffing around the playoffs? Yeah. But by the measures that we understand as being a good football team, no, they're not that. They're not a good football team. But they do have sustainability in a couple of different areas. They have a defense that is at least highly capable against non-dual threat quarterbacks. That defense has to prove against Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and maybe a little bit of Joe Burrow and then Josh Allen again that they can perform. Because when we line up Aaron Rodgers or Mitch Trubisky or even Tuatunga Bailoa and the guys that they've pummeled, unimpressive as that collection may be, it's not like the Patriots have this whole litany of dynamic quarterbacks they're going to look at. It's Jaro, it's Kyler Murray, it's Josh Allen. So it's sustainable defensively, I think, if they can clean up some of the ability to stop teams. But do you think the Patriots yet know what the ails them on offense, Phil? They have to know that it starts with the offensive line. This has been a problem all year. It was a problem going back to Patriots training camp, and it has remained a problem. And now, Tom, I think what is concerning about this headed into the bye is that it's not just one position, right? When it was the right tackle spot, which it has been for weeks, whether it's Isaiah Wynn who's struggling, Marcus Cannon has struggled since coming in for Isaiah Wynn. It continued to be an issue at times today with Yadi Kajust playing there. But now it's right tackle and left guard. And your first round pick that was widely criticized at the time, not saying those criticisms were right or wrong or what, but it's not working out real well these last two weeks. Cole Strange has had to be benched. 
Okay, on, on the cool, people. strange thing, on, on his sitting down today, uh, I saw a few different folks tweet that, hey, it looked like they were shifting in and out. And I think you might have asked about it in the post game of Bill Belichick, and he made it sound like, hey, this is just elementary stuff. We're always rotating guys in and out. Did it look like it was for, for, for performance or that it was preordained that they were going to switch in strange with win? So strange came out and sat for nine series. That doesn't sound like a rotation to me. Sounds he strange started, to me. He started the game, came out for nine series. That's not, that's not, I don't think a, a planned thing. And I don't think it was a planned thing last week either. I think if Cole strange was doing great, They'd love for him to play 100% of the snaps because he is a first-round pick because they want those things to look good. They don't care if Isaiah Wynn gets his reps in. He's gone after this year in all likelihood anyway, and he's been terrible. And he's, it continues to be terrible. I mean, another penalty today. He leads the league in penalties despite being benched himself at times these last, last few weeks. It's really remarkable what he's doing this year. Uh, so now you have, you have an issue on two-fifths of your offensive line. Three-fifths if you include center and sure. James Andrews or uh, James Ferentz although we expect David Andrews to be back eventually. So that, Tom, is to me where it starts, and I think it has prevented you from understanding what your identity is offensively. It's prevented you from getting your quarterback comfortable as he works his way back from injury. It all starts there for me. That has to be priority number one is figuring out some way, whether it's personnel or scheme, to work around this thing to solve your offensive line problem because it is a problem. And it's a massive chore for any coach, coordinator, play caller to get up to the board and say, okay, fix that. It's hard. You need a lot of different hands. You need a lot of different brains. You need a lot of different intel. And I know how intelligent Matt Patricia is. I've heard so many, um, you know, back of the book blurbs about what a genius he is and what a great leader of men. Mac Jones said it today. But it's an unbelievably difficult chore to be into the season and not have a sufficient offensive line and be a first-year play caller not know what you're going to get from your wideouts and receivers because you can't tell if they're uncovering, and also wondering whether or not the quarterback's regression is totally tied to the offensive line or if he's losing confidence. So, again, that's an observation, not a question. The Patriots are charged, and Matt Patricia himself is charged with having to figure out an incredibly difficult equation that even an experienced guy like Josh McDaniels might have had difficulty doing. All of this... Together, Phil, is there a short-term fix available? David Andrews gets better. Marcus Cannon comes off IR. That's a three-week operation. Is there an easy fix? If if Mac Jones was protected, would it look better? Much I think it better. Would. Let's go with I, much I think, better. Because it's would. really friggin' bad right now. I mean, they've been out there for 120 minutes the last two weeks. They have one touchdown drive of over four yards. That's really bad for somebody who's pretending to be a, a good team. It's terrible. I mean, they, they have no rhythm. They have nothing to lean on that they can go to in any situation, really, with any sort of dependability. You know, are they a power run team? Are they a zone run team? Are they a quick hitting passing game team? Are they a screen team? I don't know. What, what do they do well? Do they These have a third down back, truly? Do they have a pass catching back? Do they have a short underneath uncover guy? Well, I think they have a pass catching back. I think he, he might not be the only thing he's got going for you. No, I mean, I, obviously, I, I'm with you on Ramondre Stevenson being one of the best backs in football overall. I mean, he did it again today with making stupid yards after contact. But in terms of being, hey, i got to check it down to this guy who's just sitting right behind 
the defensive line in the middle of the field, and he's going to make four guys miss because he's that quick. They don't have him. No Deion Lewis, no James White, no Shane Vereen, nothing like that. God bless Stevenson for all he's doing, but they don't have that. And I think that's another thing that we don't look at with Jones that he's deprived of. And I think there may be something to the fact that he is taking his time getting to that player at times. It feels Uh like when he checks it down, it's an absolutely last resort. And it's not no to this receiver, no to my slot receiver, no to my tight end, throw it to the back in 2.5 seconds. It's scramble around a little bit, dodge one hit, find a guy underneath and uncovered for six or seven yards. And that that's, listen, those are helpful plays, but I wonder if there is still something ingrained in him, Tom, from early this season when they were mm-hmm. such a heavy down the field passing attack. He was leading the league in air yards early this year as the deepest thrower in football through the early part of the season. Now these last two weeks, they have adjusted. So I give them credit for that. They needed to adjust and they did. It just hasn't looked very good. Like today, his average yards per attempt beyond the line of scrimmage was at 4.4. That was last or shortest in the NFL for the one o'clock slate of games today, according to next gen stats. So he's throwing it short. He's getting it out relatively quickly. 2.6 seconds. It's very quick. That was fifth quickest today in the one o'clock slate of games, but it still just looks so disjointed and bumpy and herky jerky. Yeah. It doesn't feel quick. Nothing <laughs> comfortable. Yeah. Um, let's go back to July of 2021. And there's a quarterback competition. that's just beginning to unfold between Cam Newton and Mac Jones. What was the number one thing that you felt differentiated Mac from Cam when those red zone reps were being first run in the very early practices? It was his accuracy. And that to me, I think is one area where he hasn't been himself, especially today. So this is a stat that we've referenced before. It's a next-gen stat, completion percentage over expected. And something that next-gen stats calculates based on where a team is on the field, where a pass is thrown, what the down and distance is. He was a negative 6.8 in terms of completion percentage over expected today. That's that's an inaccurate day. It's a good accuracy stat. That is a very inaccurate day for Mac Jones. And so he missed uh, Ramondre Stevenson on a wheel route, Tom. He flew one high to Ramondre Stevenson on his first throw of the game, which may have been intentional because the Colts knew what was coming. He had a throw to Jacoby Myers along the sideline that I thought was not a great decision that also required a borderline miraculous yep. acrobatic catch. I, I just Ty- feel like Thornton. he airmailed Tyquan Thornton on a little seam route in cut. Yep. And there were some there were some good throws, right? He hits Hunter Henry on that seam route. That's an important play in the game, but he's not making the throws that are there for him. And I I wonder why. To me, it, it might just come back to he's not comfortable, or he's not fully healthy, uh, because we generally think of him as a very accurate quarterback when he has time to throw. And yet he had some time to throw at times today and he missed. Accuracy, as you pointed out, to me, it was decision-making in contrast to Cam because he'd take the snap, Cam would, and be pat, 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 browse, throw late, incomplete, batted down. And then Mac Jones would get through three or four reads in the red zone in a compressed area and have the ball out. The Patriots had so little faith today in the red zone that Mac Jones, when they got down there after, uh, I believe it was a turnover, yeah, maybe turnover on downs. Um, but the game was half salted away anyway, but they're down at the three-yard line, and they go run stuff, run stuff, Mac sack, 
because either nothing uncovered or he couldn't unveil anything or there wasn't enough protection. But it's the regression is so profound that he has to share in it. Are you looking at stats? Are you going to share something now? Yeah, Are you going to share something now, isn't it? I'm looking, I'm looking at that sequence that you had there from my chart. While, while you look for that, let's just at least brush up against what we're going to talk about as well here, which will be the fact that the Colts went 0 for 14 on third down, 0 for 16 on fourth down, excuse me, 0 for 2 on fourth down. That's 0 for 16 overall. That's eye-poppingly bad. And you have to give credit to their defense for a lot of that, which we have not yet really done. But to be able to do that is mind-blowing. Again, with the quarterbacks coming up that they'll see later, there's plenty of them that they can make look stupid. Back to you, Phil. <laughs> there is. And I feel like we're jumping around a little bit here. But as far as the offense goes, there was one quote from Mac Jones that I found interesting. Tom, and maybe the Skull Crusher can strip this thing in for us in the post game where Mac Jones – Basically acknowledged, and I think maybe speaking to that sequence that you mentioned in the red zone, the game wasn't over at that point. I want to say it was 13 to 3 or 16 mm -hmm. to 3. Um, so it certainly wasn't over, but they knew based on what the Colts were doing offensively and what the Patriots were doing defensively to them, they didn't want to press the issue. Um, felt like we came in and played as a team. Obviously, offensively, we want to do even better, and we will, and we got to look at the tape to kind of figure that out. Um, but defense played great. You know, Uche, three sacks, Judon, three sacks, Bentley, sack, DYs, half a sack. You know, <laughs> so it was just sacks everywhere. So we kind of knew that um, our defense was going to control the game given the circumstance with the other team. So, Tom, I just wonder if we look at the overall offense performance, we look at a sequence like that one that you mentioned, and maybe we have to take it with some grain of salt because they probably saw Sam Ellinger on the other side and they said, well, once we're out to a 13 nothing lead, the game's essentially over as long as we don't screw it up. So, Mac, no picks. Take care of the football. Take a sack if you need to. Throw it away if you need to. Live to fight another day. Matt Judon's going to finish this game with 111 sacks, and we're going to be just fine. Dear Lord, if a first-round pick, 15th overall, needs to be coddled that badly, or the offense as a collective group is that inept, that you're basically turtling on the three and saying, just take the field goal, take another quality sack for us, Mac, and, and we'll, we'll kick it through. Then you're either saying, let's get to the bye week and figure it out, or we know what we are and we don't trust you, but we have no other, we're not going to zap you either. I mean, I, I don't know which it is. It's got to be get to the bye week. There's got to be a shred of optimism because at least judging from Mac Jones' tenor after the game, he's upbeat. He wasn't beat up, but he was upbeat. It's just, I just wonder how permanent the regression will be. How long will it take for him to dig out from this is really the question that we're going to have to ask because the regression is real. The dig out has got to begin at some point. We talked about it before the game and I said this, so I don't feel like I'm, I should be fair and say, I knew this was going to happen before the game. We said before the game, it was going to look like ass. So the fact that it looked like ass I shouldn't be sitting here going, ah, I knew that they would look bad offensively. And why did we say that? We I think it, it again, it started with the offensive line. Injury, I mean, the, they've got pieces in and out, and they're facing a good group with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart and Yannick Ngakwe and Quiddy Pay, and that, that's a real front. The problem for them, Tom, is that that is kind of the league now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everybody invests in their defensive line. 
the Bills have done nothing, it feels like, but invest on their defensive line in the draft over the last few years. So it's not going to get that much easier as you move forward here. The Dolphins, you have another game left with them. What did they just do with the trade deadline? They traded away a lot to bring in another pass rusher. So you've got to get this solved in one way or another, and it, it might limit you. You might not be able to be the explosive passing offense that you wanted to be coming into the year, but you have a week off now where you have to figure this thing out the rest of the way because all of the information that we have on this season is that your offensive line is not very good. Run game or pass game, quite frankly. The run game, I think, has been has been underrated in terms of how ineffective it's been because of the offensive line of late. They came into this week 22nd in the NFL in yards per carry. I think that would probably shock people based on what people assume the identity of this team is. The reality is they haven't been able to lean on the run as much as they would like. And you mentioned off the top, big challenge for Matt Patricia. And you're right. It's a massive challenge for Patricia, for Judge, for Bill Belichick. But unfortunately, because of the position that this coaching staff and Bill Belichick put this coaching staff in before the season began, we're always going to look back at the overall situation and say, well, yeah, Matt Patricia's got a huge challenge on his hands. Is it because Matt Patricia, the offensive line coach, has created a huge challenge for Matt Patricia, the offensive coordinator? Is there a reason why they can't get out of their own way with penalties? Is there a reason why they can't figure out a way to utilize the starting caliber offensive line pieces they do have to do something that's a little bit more efficient and effective than what we saw on Sunday against the Colts? That, that to me, is going to be a lingering question because, again, how could it not based on the position that that individual is in? And we've talked about it before. It's not necessarily his fault, but he's doing two jobs he's never done before. And he's kind of working against himself, it feels like. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Phil, what's wrong with Jake Bailey? I wish I could tell you. That was, that was alarming. You should have heard Greg Gumbel. Greg Gumbel doesn't get irritated about anything. He basically called it horrendous, embarrassing. That last one out of the league. The last one was embarrassing. The last one was so far foul. I mean, he hit he shanked that thing so badly that it landed on the gray. You know, you know, at this at the stadium, you've got the turf. Yeah. And then once you get far enough beyond the sideline, there's like this gray, rubbery substance that rings the entire stadium floor it landed on the gray i mean he almost hit that into the first row a seven yard punt at the end of the game i i wonder if he's hurt tom or the wind was just messing with his head today bill belichick talked about the wind after the game i don't know we should be used to that by now but this is one of the highest paid punters in football and he's he's hurting you they they are again take 
Take the information we have going into the bye week. We're now more than halfway through the season. They have the worst, and I expect it will only get worse after this week, the worst net punt average in all of football. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. And and it's funny because you, on the same day you have a block punt that leads to the score, um, terrific play by Jonathan Jones, who also had a pick six. You know, Cam Acord's special teams unit gets a nice return from Marcus Jones, but it always seems like there's some kind of a leak somewhere with the special teams, except for Nick Folk, who, for the record, has been released three times by the Patriots in just three years. Uh, but he keeps coming back. Thank God for the Patriots uh, and Nick Folk being around. Phil, again, they have eight field goals over the last 120 minutes of football and one touchdown drive. Two touchdowns, but eight field goals. It's... It's mind-blowing. Defensively, oh, no, no, no. I wanted to ask you about this. What's up with all the payback talk? I think that was Bill's Bill Belichick's way of getting his team up for this game. You know, again, this is a tanking team. They benched their quarterback for financial reasons. They're not trying to compete this year. Bill Belichick has to get them up somehow. So what he does is he says, hey, guys, this team's not all that different from the team that smoked us in Indy last year. They embarrassed you. They embarrassed you in the kicking game. They picked off your quarterback twice. They We were the number one seed going into that week, and they made us look like garbage. And I think that's how he hammered them all week long, was just same team as last year, same team as last year, same team as last year. Don't fall asleep at the wheel because they'll embarrass you again. So I think that's all it was. I think it was just Bill Belichick trying to motivate. But that's a that's a horrible team. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to win another game. I mean, Sam that Elger. Interesting. You said that in the pregame, and you know, I guess you – being Patriot centric, you just stressed how bad they were and how evident their tank effort has become. And uh, it just looked like a tanking team. It's tough to see a tanking team November 5th or 6th. Matthew, they're not Judon, immune to that. Though. They're not immune to that. I mean, the Curt- Bill Belichick was the one who pointed out the Curtis Painter year, didn't he? After he drafted Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't know when that press conference happened, and I can never find the 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 quote. When I want was, to find it, but he well, definitely not referenced like the Colts. It was in 2014, and he was talking about quarterback, and I think he was talking about drafting Garoppolo. And his I the upshot so of it was, yeah, it's not like we want to be the Colts. I mean, go two and twelve. Um, the Patriots head to their bye week as they did last year with just four losses. It's earlier this year; they've got five wins. Can they come out of their bye week differently than they went? They came out of it last year. Will they come out of their bye week differently? That was a good team with a good quarterback who was on his way to being the offensive rookie of the year. He got undercut late by Jamar Chase. But that was a team that had me writing, why not us? This year it doesn't feel that way. It, it doesn't, but I will say this. Last year it felt like – they had peaked, right? When you're writing, why not us? When they are the number one seed. It's like everything's gone as well as it can go. This rookie can really play. The defense looks good week to week. They've got a chance here. When the reality was there was a lot of room for them to fall off a cliff late in that season. Mm-hmm. Right now, the way they're playing, I don't think it can get worse offensively. I, I really don't. They got 14 points. I know 26 points. Good win, you know, whatever. They got 14 points on defense and special teams today. They scored 12 points today offensively, essentially. I don't think it can get much worse. 
So if they can use this time off, if Bill Belichick can use this time off to figure out how to fix what ails them, because I think he's going to have to take the lead. I don't know if you trust Bill, you know, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to be able to put this thing together during the bye week and, and solve what is advanced calculus with what you're dealing with on your offensive line right now. There's a chance, there's room here for for somewhat of an upward trajectory because I think Mac Jones is a better player than we've seen. I think this receiver group is better than they have shown us. I love the running back, and I think the offensive line, if it can get a little healthier, you know, there'll be a domino effect there. When David Andrews comes back, it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden Cole Strange looked a lot better. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I think there is room for improvement, which may be encouraging for people hoping that they can avoid what happened last year. I will say this, though, Tom, on the defense. I I guess I veer from you a little bit. They have been really good against non-running quarterbacks. Yes. I just don't think they've played many good ones yet. Even Aaron Rodgers. Oh, said, I know. Man, I know. That's a bad yeah. Packers team. You know, the, the most impressive performance might be week one, 20 points, holding two at a 20 points. Like nobody's been able to, not many people have been able and to And they do got that 13 because it was a strip sack, right. wasn't it? Yeah. So it was 13. Right. right. And I don't so even I just, know if I'm, I'm tucking Tua into the elite, even though they keep having outstanding results. His primetime performance a couple weeks ago when they were wearing the throwbacks was so inaccurate. I'm like, oh. He's not good. The results are good. It's almost like what we're watching here. Well, Phil, to that point, we're going to find out how they can play against the better quarterbacks. What's the lineup? I'm just looking at the schedule, and I don't think it's a stretch to say two weeks after your bye when you see the Vikings. So you have bye week, Jets at home, Zach Wilson. We know he's not very good. But after that, I would say every quarterback that you face would be better. Would, well, it would be better than any of the quarterbacks you've already faced this season that are in terms of the non-mobile. Okay. So Lamar, Lamar doesn't count. Justin Fields doesn't count because they're runners. Right. Josh Allen, it doesn't count because he's an alien compared to even, you know, those other guys, I think. Well, I would, I just look at, you know, maybe outside of Lamar, right? Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Tua, and Josh Allen again. Again, outside of Lamar. All of those guys are better than every quarterback that you've faced so far. So your, your defense. Oh, I, Omar, right. So Derek Carr is better than Jared Goff. Yes. Fair. Better and than Kirk Jacoby Cousins Brissett, better, better than, than Zach Wilson, better than Sam Ellinger. I mean, it's been, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't highest... know. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm reaching for to try to make some broad sweeping statement here. Obviously Aaron Rodgers is good. I just, I just would say I'm holding off on making grand proclamations about this defense right now, because I don't think they've been consistently tested by good offenses. You've also seen this movie before, haven't you, Phil? You saw this movie last year. You saw this movie last year when the Patriots reeled off seven straight wins, and the guys that they were beating were Matt Ryan and the Falcons, who would, oh, that's a good team, not with any all your players out like Julio Jones. Oh, they'd be Ryan Tannehill and the Titans? Yeah, without Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. So those teams that they rolled up seven wins against to get to 9-4, and four, we did dutifully record with optimism – our feelings that they might be good. Why not us? While we did know in the back of our minds that we might be looking at 2019 all over again. And we were. And we do that again this year. We look at all this and we know in the back of our minds that they might get ripped a brand new one by someone as average as Derek Carr. Can I can I ask you though? Sure. Now that now let's really just balance beam this thing. Does the Jets win over the Bills 
make you feel like this year just might be different. It feels like there are so many teams that are lumped together as good, not great. And if you can somehow sneak into that good category any given week, you might be able to beat a Buffalo Bills team. You might be able to beat a Kansas City Chiefs team. So you Maybe. just into the dance and you make it happen. In the same way that I'm making excuses or downgrading the Patriots' wins because they didn't have A.J. Brown or Derrick Henry, the Titans didn't, maybe I'm downgrading the Patriots' victory today when they make it happen without those offensive linemen. Like, say those guys are out there. What in the frig would the score have been, 49-3? to I mean, if Mac was afforded a little bit of time, if he could set his feet, if he could one time put his heels on the ground, one time put your heels on the ground. Have you seen his heels on the friggin' ground one time? One time! All right, that's enough. We're obviously just monkeying around now. We're into the bye week. You people are going to be joining us later in the week. We will have um, definitely bye week award show will be going on. Um, we'll also do some stuff on Tuesday, which you'll enjoy. Um Oh, do I have irrelevant questions? Yes, I do. Chris Long's irrelevant questions, unless those ran Thursday, which I don't think they did. Maybe they did. If they didn't, they'll be in the program on Tuesday. If they won't, you already got them early, so we'll see you later on. Uh, let's put a cork in it, Phil. Sounds good to me. Cork it. All right. Cork.